0: brahma my sri gurave i bow to guru as brahma as vishnu as shiva i bow to him as you because the divine is in all forms but you know guru as, as uh, vishnu for example could also have fun you don't have to think always in deep cosmic terms i'm going to read you a couple of or two or three stories that are kind of fun and uh, yet they have deep lessons in them. The first one is from Conversations with Yogananda, it's number 103. I suspect the master was showing me, amusingly enough, another aspect of his teaching one day it was after uh, a luncheon guest had left and I was sitting alone with him at the table. Idly, he tried to flip a fork into an empty glass by striking downward on the curved prongs. Several times his attempt failed, but he persevered. On about the fifth try, the fork finally went into the glass, which broke. The master looked at me smiling, almost like a child. But it went in, he said, as if proudly. It seemed He seemed to be telling me that Whatever one sets his mind to, it should be carried through to completion, even if, in the process, the glass gets broken. How often in my life I have had to resolve to carry something through, even though I knew the very attempt would cause me, personally, great hardship. I've reminded myself with a smile, even if the glass breaks, my duty, which I've accepted, is to flip the fork in. That's sort of a fun story, not not, uh, a profound teaching. And yet, yes, it's profound because it's practical. I'd like to read you a couple of other stories that are fun also. Dr. Lewis said to us, uh, Master and I were standing on a sidewalk one day many years ago when a man riding by on his bicycle noticed the Master's long hair and stuck his tongue out at him derisively. About two feet further on, he came to a large mud puddle. Right in the middle of that puddle, the front wheel of the bicycle came off. He went sprawling. And one more. He talked, I told you last time, about the blue light that he had had around his body when he went swimming in, uh, uh, in the ocean off of Massachusetts. Dr. Lewis said, I saw that blue light around him on another occasion. This happened years later. We were crossing the Mexican border into California. Master had bought mangoes for everyone. The car was fairly reeking with them. I was certain they'd be confiscated at the border, as you know the California customs, are strict about that sort of thing. But when the inspector came up to examine our car, he said nothing. How did we manage that one? Another passenger asked me as we drove on merrily into California. I'm sure I couldn't explain the mechanics of it, I replied. All I know is, as we passed the frontier, I saw blue light all around us. Now you know, living with a master can be fun. It's not always a solemn thing. That's why I mentioned Vishnu, because when you read the stories, for example, of, of uh, Krishna, there are a lot of delightful stories in there, and often they have a lesson. But you must remember that ultimately this is all God's leela; It's his play, and he wants us to enter into it in that spirit of fun. Um, it's, of course, serious also, but people who pull long faces and can't have fun, they they can't really grow spiritually. They get too tense, too puritanical, too judgmental of others. I'll tell you another ridiculous story. One time, the young boys in the school who were living in Encinitas, in his community there, they were meditating, and uh, they began to feel things hitting them here and hitting them there, and finally... One of them opened his eyes, and the Master was back there blowing little pellets of paper at them. And you might think, well, gee, is he uh, He should take their meditation seriously. Well, frankly, they weren't meditating, they were sort of sitting there. And so he knew that, so he played with them. To remember that God plays with you is is fun. It, uh, I remember also something that Alanda Ma said to a mother who, uh, she, she said, tell your child to behave himself, but not too much. Remember that ultimately the goal of the spiritual path is Anandam or just ananda, joy, happiness. When you meditate too, it's important to meditate with that attitude of joy. Don't sit there thinking, when am I going to find joy? You'll never find it that way. Meditate with joy. Meditate joyfully. And in your sadhana, in your work, in your seva to others, let it be with joy. Don't be suffering over the... I remember this friend of mine in college, he went on to become a very famous pianist. And uh, I remember him going past my room one time. We were friends, but he was a bit pompous, I have to admit. And I remember him going by problems, problems." Well you know the trouble with that attitude is that your problems become bigger, whereas if you don't take them too seriously, they aren't all that serious. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago about a discussion I had with a woman who was new in our work. She was an older woman, but new to Ananda <coughs> and uh, we were talking about the problems people had in their lives, have in their lives, and um, after a while I said, You know, it's strange, but my life has been so easy. I don't, I don't seem to have any problems. She said, No problems, my God, what are you talking about? And she started listing different things that had happened with me a threat of foreclosure on the property, which I just saved by one day, the whole temple, our temple burning to the ground. Um, All kinds of things had gone wrong just in that one year she had known me. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, well, I guess that's true. But, you know, you don't have to take these things seriously. I used to like to go skiing. Now my body won't let me go skiing, but it was great fun for me at one time until I remember one day I was up there on a slope, and I thought, what am I doing on these silly boards? But anyway... I did like it, so we went skiing one day, I and a group of friends, Well, I didn't check my tires, but they were bald, there was no tread on them, and when we reached the snow line and I put my foot on the brake to, to stop the car so we put uh, chains on the wheels, the car just took off like a snow goose, you might say, rammed into a big bus, didn't even scratch the bus, but it completely did, totaled the car, ruined it. And so we got into the bus to go skiing, thinking, well, the bus was headed the same direction. And there was a woman on the bus who commiserated. She said, oh, what a pity you've totaled your car. And I I hadn't thought of it as a pity. I knew it was a fact, but I hadn't hadn't put an emotional twist on it by saying, what a shame. And when she said that, I I thought, well, yes, I, I did total my car. But I said, you know, a week from now, I'd feel fine. Why should I waste a whole week? I feel fine now. And so we had a good time, and when we came back, yes, I had to get another car, but life's problems are so much easier if you don't sort of let them spill over. So that um, It's sort of like the book, Alice Through the Looking Glass. I don't know how many of you may have read that one by Lewis Carroll, but it's delightful. There's Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. And in The Looking Glass, Everything when she goes into this world uh, of the mirror, everything is backwards. So everything's backwards in time too. So I think it's the red queen. It may be the white queen. Anyway, somebody says, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" Alice said, "What's the matter?" She says, "I've got to prick myself with a needle." And then she stops crying. She says, "What happened?" "Oh, I pricked myself." Well, you know that's so much true that. Uh, we worry about what will happen, but when it happens, then it's over with. Don't take these things too seriously. Let life go on as it will. You will see that bit by bit, if you just take things one day at a time, well, it was sort of like when that temple burned down. I've mentioned this story to you before. It's, it's, it's worth telling. There was a French woman who had a shop not far away from where we were. And I went in there that same day singing some sort of song. And she said, you are singing? I said, well, I've lost the temple. I haven't lost my voice. She said, oh, my goodness, when when I house burned down, I'd weep six months. I thought, well, why waste six months? It's a fact. It's happened. When we lost our whole... 21 of our 22 homes in a forest fire and 450 acres, completely demolished, burned. I know many of our neighbors who had gone through the same suffering, they'd lost their homes in their fire, and they were still weeping over what they had lost 10 years later. Well, after all, time goes on. We were out there the next day, singing joyfully, laughing, and clearing up the land so we can start again. We didn't have insurance. It was entirely possible we would lose everything. Well, whatever God wants. Whatever, if you give your life to God, he will take care of you. Don't worry about it. How often I have seen that attitude. Now, how did I learn it? From my guru. He had that freedom. One time, he his temple burned, it, was not, it didn't burn, it was swept into the ocean. Years later, he said, what a pity you lost that beautiful temple. I, re, I was there, I remember him saying, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because from that, because I lost that temple, I had to go out more, and God wanted me to go out more and teach again. And so from that came a church in San Diego, a church in Hollywood, and uh, It brought me into another chapter in life. Well, most people, they tend to look back at the past. They tend to look back at uh, uh, what they've had and what they've lost. And, oh, uh, I remember when I had lost everything, it looked like, and it had been such a wonderful thing. And I said something about it to my father. And he said with a wry smile, the wonderful world of might have been. Don't let your mind box itself in. Don't think of uh, life as just what you want it to be. Don't define it and say you've got to be there. Don't say, well, all right, no, don't move. Stay right there. It'll keep on moving. This is one of the features of life, that it's a constant movement. As Heraclitus, the ancient Greek, said, panta hare, everything is flux. All is flux. Let it go on. Youth becomes middle age, becomes old age, and sooner or later you will leave this body. It doesn't hurt. When you take a shower, when you wash yourself in the morning, washing your arm, for example, think this is going to turn to dust someday. You may think that's a macabre thought. It isn't if you're not attached. Be free in your heart. Be free in your your consciousness. And realize that everything that happens let it be. This, this, uh, uh, you know, there was there was a beautiful story. I think I've told this before, but it's well worth hearing again. A very wealthy man. When the stock market crash came in 1929, he had all his money in stocks, and he lost everything. And he thought, "I can't live anymore." And he was all set to commit suicide. He went, He took a cottage by the ocean. He made sure that his family was away. And he went out into the ocean determined to commit suicide by drowning. But the waves were so high that they kept throwing him back and throwing him back. And every time he tried to go in, they threw him back again. Finally, as he landed in the water on his hands and knees, he saw a little shell swirling. And he picked it up, very fragile, but completely intact. And he thought, how did this fragile shell... Survive the pounding of those waves when I can't take it myself. And he thought it's because they went with the waves and I'm trying to go against them. And so from that he learned wisdom. He learned to go with the waves of life. He decided he would not commit suicide. He came back. He became not wealthy again, but adequately well-to-do. And he became wise, which is a much, much greater possession. Young people came to him for advice. And he would show them this shell, and he would say, that's my secret. Learn to go with life. Learn to go with what is. Don't let your mind, as I said, don't let your mind box the world into little little forms, that it must be this, your truth must be this, your family, everything you know, this is what it it should be. Don't be, as I said the other day, don't be a psychological antique. Be free to flow with things as they are. We're going to sing a song here. It's sort of a cute song, and I wrote it for fun and with fun. The beginning, as you'll hear, is sort of a a story, and uh, then it goes on and talks about how we must uh, break little boxes that we try to enclose life in and understand the greatness of life everywhere, be youthful in that sense, no matter what your physical age is, be youthful, be young, be free. Joy to you. A sailor from England remarked to a foe The reason we win is we pray as we go. Yeah, but we present well just look at our dead. Oh, but we pray in English. The Englishman said. I, my, me, mine. I, my, me, mine. Can a little box ever hold a sled? A pony and a tree puzzles my poor head. It can't, my friend, but in a tiny baby's mind, this mighty world becomes a little box instead. Well, as As I grew older, my box grew too. Held airplanes and ships and a bird. Canoe. And school books, a foreign trip, and college proms Good times and friends are plenty, yes, and also you But somehow in this box would only fit one school One family, one country, and one social rule, <laughs> And certainly one church or only my ways to write And anyone with other ways is just a fool. Well, so I used to think, but now I must confess that judging fools I wasn't any great success. Truth somehow lived without me, though I called it mine. What box could hold the world is just preposterous.